promises of food, drink, and ghosts. Well, sign me up. What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. And don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. And welcome back to Halloween Horror Week. This episode we are talking about 1959's... Ooh. Ooh. Sorry, did that recording just start late for you? No. no? Okay, sorry to cut that because it oh, suddenly okay. it said it was recording to me just then. Do we oh, try again. No, just just start from. Do you want me to? All right, no, that's alright. You can start again. No, no, it's fine. We can just go from yep. now and I'll cut. Okay, so do your you beginning again there, Monica. Sorry, I just no, ding. I was going. Which one do I have to rely on? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Promises of food. Drink and ghosts? Well, sign me up. Welcome, everybody, to Popped Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. And welcome back to Halloween Horror Week. In this episode, we are talking about House on Haunted Hill, the 1959 classic directed by William Castle, starring, of course, the one and only Vincent Price. Monica's offering to the sacrificial altar. <laughs> This is one of my favorite horror movies ever. Um, not because it's particularly scary, but because I just get a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's extremely camp. I find all the performances so much fun. And I love how the movie is just unashamed to use all of these haunted house props to create these horrific elements to the story. It's just got everything for me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I'll let Scott talk because apparently, mm. Scott, you hadn't seen it before. So. No, I was living in this assumption that I had, but maybe in my mind I was just confusing it with any number of, you know, black and white haunted house movies. And it was just like, yeah, of course I've seen that. Um, and I started watching it and because I'd seen, I'd, I, I've seen the remake and fairly recently too. I'm thinking like last year maybe I saw the remake, mm. which was dreadful <laughs> and is a pretty rubbish film. Uh, so I was really excited to finally sort of be like, all right, cool. I'm getting into it. And, uh, it was a lot of, it was just very entertaining and like oddly startling too, I think for a movie made in the fifties, like there was a one, uh, uh, 
with the uh <laughs> initially you're thinking it's a ghost it's the blind caretaker for some reason yeah, the, worst, the worst cleaner in the world <laughs> face as well in the second kind of I guess jump scare when you see her again and she's sort of like floating across the floor. Yeah, yeah. Like, as cleaners do. <laughs> it, but it, like it struck me as like one I was like oh geez this is a bit like I didn't expect that for a 50s movie. It didn't quite oh, make yeah. me it didn't quite make me jump but I was just like and it like lingered on her this horrible shot and then did like the evil dead across the floor it was fantastic like it just felt like oh this would have been like surely seen as like perverse and horrific at the, at the time yeah i think it would have been there are elements to it when you're sort of going through the house you go down to the wine cellar and you sort of start to understand that you know the trap door is actually filled with acid and then it eats all the flesh and the hair and they put the rat in and you also have the character of watson who's like convinced the house is haunted because his brother was killed in the house and he sort of drives that tension forward think and you think oh maybe he's a shady character but then it twists in another direction mm. Mm. well it's it sort of like yeah that that great opening with the floating heads I love the <laughs> like i nearly died <laughs> yeah it's um it's like a haunted house cluedo yes or clue if you've seen that and it's um done really well in that sense uh i think that's what sort of makes it stand out as well from the 50s stuff that you'd get at the time so not only was it you know your horror fair that you'd want from these films but on top of that they added this nice sort of dramatic twists and turns on what's going on and you know playing around with uh murder and well, intended mm, murder. motive yeah yeah so it sort of sets it up in that clue way uh way before we had that yeah it does and i also really love the dramatic tension between the laurens so you have vincent price and carol omar playing this married couple and vincent price gets some of the best lines when they're sort of talking to one another when he's like drinking like his scotch or whatever it is and he goes remember that time you tried to poison me <laughs> It's just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's completely paranoid and convinced that his wife is out to kill him. And he's not wrong. No, no. Not a, he's not wrong. He's on the money with it. And that's probably the one thing too, is it sort of sets up all this stuff as like, you know, a ghost story and that. But ultimately there are no ghosts in this film. It's a it's a it's all about these odd people who cannot be trusted. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I also find it um, a bit of a psychological thriller because obviously you have the Doctor and Mrs. Laura manipulating poor Nora, who is the one who's the most easily scared out of the whole um, group of invitees to the house. Like, I, it's really her movie and I feel so awful for her character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gets sort of beaten beaten from a pillar to post, even with uh, the aforementioned floating caretaker. <laughs> Just start walking around in the dark like that because she's blind. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways, she reminds me of um, a little bit of a more frightened version of the character of Daphne from Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in, in a very twisted way, because she's the one that's always sort of, I guess, kidnapped or in peril, but she's also clever and is also manipulated. So she's that person in the group. <laughs> She's a Daphne. 
typical Daphne. <laughs> um, I have to just point out one of the weird things for me going back to it was Richard Long looking like Judge Reinhold. So it was so You guys weird. were having this conversation. I hadn't watched it yet. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Then when I started watching, I'm like, ah, that's what they're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. really bizarre how, like, how much they look alike and even mannerisms mm. that happen, like mm. the way he cocks his head and yeah. his eyebrow and things. It's really strange yeah. seeing that. I didn't um, notice it until you pointed it out and then you, um, <laughs> put a photo and I chatted the children side by side and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, something that sort of made it even odd, odd odder for me, if you want. <laughs> so, you just couldn't shake it. <laughs> is he is he going to have a banana and put in his exhaust or you know all that sort of stuff? <laughs> Which, but it did make me think of a film to look at in the future, and that's Ruthless People. If you've never seen that, for Jack Reinhold. Yeah, so I'll find that one for you guys. You both shook your head, so it's a definite down the track. Um, yeah, uh, that's what I need in my life. It is, more it is over. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely sort of the drive-in horror fair. So in the fifties, there's there was a lot of these monster films or ghost films and horror films because it was its heyday, uh, particularly for drive-in cinema. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I can see why it was so popular. I I, I think it was one of the biggest grossing ones as well at the time in terms of horror films. So, um, and apparently that inspired Alfred Hitchcock to venture into horror with a very little film called Psycho. So um, Never heard of it. No, I haven't heard of it, no. <laughs> Must be a See the elements where Hitchcock took inspiration from in this movie for sure, like the play of cat with the camera angles and the lighting definitely is something that he has lift- not lifted directly but... Um, is definitely echoed from this movie, for sure. Yeah, I, I'd say this this is sort of more that traditional 50s horror, like the good the good 50s horror. I mean, you have to look at it the same way as any films released today. There's good and bad, and this is one of the good ones. And, mm. uh, you know, Hitchcock would have used a lot of the tropes from the time there, but he also mm. went further in how he filmed it. So, Oh, yeah, of course. So... Um, yeah, there's obvious connections, and um, it's interesting to see how it evolved into more modern horror, which I'd say Hitchcock ended up doing, the more modern take on it. Mm. Yeah. I, I would love to see this movie in a drive in a driving situation. I think that would be so much fun. Yeah, and I think that's the idea. They're meant to be fun. They're not meant to be totally scare you out, out of your wits, but more yeah, or make you uncomfortable fun. or... Mm. Yeah. It's just a bit of a camp romp, really. Mm. <laughs> mm. Maybe not, they didn't know. That's not, know. A, that's not <laughs> that's something time. that's done anymore either. No, not at all. And, like, even when you have the reveal of um, Frederick Lorraine with, like, um, manipulating the skeleton with his contraption on, it's when he comes up, he's like, and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so serious. He looks so serious, and then he just looks at the back and he's like, goodbye, wife. <laughs> <laughs> Throws it in and then he's just like, I have no idea what happened. No, <laughs> she fell. <laughs> the house, though, is really bizarre, I have to say. Yeah, whenever From they're the referring outside? yeah, yeah, to me, it looks like it's a museum or a I don't know, Fort Knox type thing. It's such a bizarre, but it's got this house. sort of like 
pyramid-y kind of Aztec yeah. stepped features. And... Yeah, the external shot. And uh, it, it's a great choice because it's just so weird. Like, you wouldn't expect something like that as the house. But um, I don't know if it's what I'd imagine as a house on the Haunted Hill being looking like. But <laughs> No, and they certainly lean on that in the remake to a disgusting, annoying degree. The house to me, like the outside of it, like the quick glance that we get at it before the talking heads, it reminds me of George Hodel's home, who was a primary suspect for the Black Dahlia murder. It's got that same kind of <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that's intentional or not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All the best murderers live in mid houses. It's just the way things are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, but it was um, it was it was one of those movies that was just like kind of delightful. Like I'm really glad I watched it. Mm, yeah, yeah, uh, it's great when you get to see. Uh, and I recommend looking back at a lot of these older films uh, mm. to see where a lot of stuff comes from where you don't realize it. It's not necessarily new or original. And, yeah. uh, I would it's agree. Certainly. Yeah, I like the notion of like the jump scare that like you know music stab note on a quick reveal. Yeah. This is like ah, well, that's all. That's all horror movies are these days. Yeah, I um, I actually watch this movie every Halloween just because it brings me such joy. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's it's my favorite time of the year. It's time to watch a Vincent Price movie. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I mean, he's he's an icon of the genre for a reason. Yeah, he really is. He's just so good at it. <laughs> cool. The house on Haunted Hill. Uh, up next, something a little bit more intense. <laughs> less less joyous yeah. to behold. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call our mothers before this one. <laughs> we'll talk, the, the last two don't leave an uncomfortable feeling with you, but no. the next one The will. next one will. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Pop Culture. I've been Scott. I was Jason. I'm still Monica. Pop Culture is produced by and reported by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto, and Scott Sowden. The clip for this week's show was a trailer for The House on Haunted Hill, and the song at the end was the opening theme from The House on Haunted Hill. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, I invite you to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we're available on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, on Twitter, popcultureau, we're on Instagram, and we are also on YouTube. <laughs>